Welcome to the podcast Game Changers with Jeff Newkirk, formerly known as Understandable Solutions. I'm your host, Jeff Newkirk. Hey, today on the Game Changers podcast, I'm bringing back one of my most favorite guests, Mr. Jeff Shalansky, otherwise known as Ski or Gunny. So, Jeff, thanks so much for being here. It's great to have you back. Bro Cephas, I'm glad to be here, brother. I really am. So one of the main purposes of this podcast, the main objective is we got to we got to make a difference in the world. We got to do what we can to change the game. And I want to have some guests on the podcast who I know are inspirational and are doing what they can to make a difference in this world. And I got to tell you, you are one of those that rise to the top, man. I mean, you are making a huge difference in this world. Your life has been an incredible journey and what you're doing. Just thank you so much for your service and thank you for what you're doing now. Oh man, thank you. And I'm, I'm grateful. I am like, I'm so blessed to be where I am and have this opportunity to be of service that I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a smiles on my face every day. I, I just love what I do. So bring, uh, bring the listeners, if they didn't hear the previous episodes with you, just a quick background and bring us up to speed. Yeah, all right. Well, I spent 21 years in the Marine Corps. Um, and I'm, in, I'm an infantry bubba. That's what I did. And uh, I retired in 2013. And I was very much addicted to alcohol by the, by the time I retired. I was, I was using it. I've always been an alcoholic, I realized, but I started using it to deal with post-traumatic stress. I started dealing with using it to pass out so I wouldn't mm-hmm. remember my nightmares. And I made it work for about the first three years of my retirement. And you were, you were both in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, I served in Iraq, Afghanistan, um, a couple other places. And, you know, did some really cool stuff and did some stuff that was really important and, and really needed to be did. But after I retired, um, I lost a lot of the, the, the camaraderie, the motivation, all the stuff that, that I loved about being yeah. in the Marine Corps. It I, didn't, I didn't realize until, really until I met you and we had a chance to talk, how stressful it is to go from the military into civilian life. And I've had the, the great privilege of now working. So I coach, I work with somebody who is, is about to retire from the military and enter civilian life. He's looking for work and he's going to do fantastic. He's just a total rock star and he's going to, I know he's going to set the world on fire, but it was, it was so, and it's important for everybody to know, I think, that it's not easy to go from the military where you living you're living a certain way of life that's extremely structured to now even language is different when you get into the civilian life right oh absolutely and you know there's so much about it's not just a structured life it's a life where you you know your place in the structure and everybody or everybody else knows your place in the structure and you know, like in my case, I, I went from being in charge of up to 1,200 Afghans when I was embedded with the Afghans to after I retired, looking for jobs basically at entry-level positions because 
Nobody really needs a gunslinging gunnery sergeant of Marines who, you know, did embedded work and in, in led infantry Marines. Nobody's really looking for that except for law enforcement and security officers. And, right. You know, not not that there's any issue with being a law, love my law enforcement officers, but I'm, I wasn't, I'm, I felt a little too old, a little too beat up, and uh, I didn't want to carry a gun for a living anymore. Yeah. And everything that you did was obviously so important and huge responsibility. I mean, 1,200 people under your command. And I mean, that's that's a huge, that's like a big organization. Yeah. Right? Big company. It's huge. And it's huge. And then to step, you know, to step away and do what normal civilians do every day was scary to me. It yeah. was scary to me to... to to go from from that lifestyle to being in a cubicle or being behind a computer and talking on the phone all day that petrified me yeah. i was i was completely completely off guard and unprepared for that and, and i don't think uh, by any means were you alone in that i mean people in the same situation that are leaving the military or getting ready to retire i mean that's the whole purpose between the honor foundation which i was talking about where i'm working with uh military military servicemen getting ready to enter civilian life um and it's it's a challenge it's it's really stressful and i think for those of us who have no idea it's good for us to realize that these people have served our country protected our freedoms and it's important for us to make as much uh of an easy trans easy transition for them as we can yeah and I hear what you're saying. At the same time, one of the things we do, and we ensure that we try to we try to make everybody at, at Fob Razor understand, is that we're the one percent. We are the one percent of the of the nation. It is not the ninety nine percent's job to adjust to us. We need to adjust to the ninety nine percent. We need to get out there and be unafraid. We need to get out there and, and attack these these opportunities in these situations like we attacked the things we attacked in the yeah. military. It's just, it's very, very petrifying. For me, it was anyway. It was I was really scared of being successful, being yeah. a successful gunnery sergeant of Marines and the thought of going into the real world and failing at something that everybody else gets in their steel coffins every morning they put on their seatbelt and they yeah. drive to work and they do right the thought of failing right. that was just terrifying to me well and so let's uh, go back in time a little bit you survived your journey now is is taking you to lead this organization called bob razor um you have um gone through your treatments and rehab and you're just doing phenomenal so let's talk about fob razor and how how is that what is the organization fob razor what do they do what's the mission and how has that grown over the last uh, couple of years since we first met yeah okay so first of all you know after after I, I nearly killed myself and i was addicted to drugs and alcohol and I, I ended up in a rehab and before i got out of re or actually right the day i got out of rehab i i, I went to a halfway house i wasn't i wasn't prepared to be out by myself again. And I, I couldn't go back to that. I, I was petrified of, of trying to kill myself. And I, the thought of doing it really was still really there in my head. 
And I met this Korean War veteran named Bobby Holdridge, and he's since passed. But uh, he was a he fought in Korea. He fought at the Chosen Reservoir. He spent a year in a Chinese POW camp. Wow. And he showed me how to change my life. So fast forward a couple years later, um, I'm talking to my bride, and I told her that I needed to help veterans. I wanted to help veterans. It was my goal. Mm -hmm. And my bride is not one to let good ideas go to waste. She's very, very, she'll be the first to admit it. And so she made me, literally physically made me come up with a plan on how we were going to help veterans. And since That's not surprising now that I know Carrie a, a little bit. She's strong-willed, independent, and will make things happen. Yes, yes, sir. And, and she, don't get in her way. No, no, no. <laughs> I affectionately call her Helga because she she is not somebody you want to get in the way of. But, uh, you know, six months after I nearly killed myself, my best friend Joe Razor actually did kill himself. He killed himself in the same exact way I was, I was attempting to. He put a gun, he took a gun and he shot himself. And so with his mom's permission, I named Fob Razor after him in his honor. And Fob stands for Forward Operating Base. We at Fob Razor are a place for the veterans to come back behind friendly lines to reboot, refit, and go back out into the world, but not by yourself. To go back out into the world with people to your left and right on your flanks, just like we attack, yeah. just like we attack the world overseas, is exactly how we have we have it set up to to go into the world and execute. Yeah, and it's become. It started out with twelve of us. There was twelve. Of well, us. a couple of years ago, when we first met, and I think it's. Well, it's at least, I don't know, two plus years since yeah. we first met. But Bob Razor was just, you know, kind of getting going, been, been around for a little while. But uh, the growth really hadn't taken place. But now, a couple years later, it's like just taken off. And I knew it would. I knew it would. I remember the conversation where you were like, well, I just really, I really want to take this throughout the country. And I was like, yeah, it will. It will. And so... Two years later, it's you're jamming. Yeah, and it's you know I realized then when there was when we started with twelve, I was like, man, I really I want I, we need there's more of us out there. Well, that it was it was God. God was saying, I'm gonna give give you what you can handle right now, stud, because mm -hmm. your intentions are good, but you got to learn on the run here. Yeah. And so I started out with twelve men, and you know the recruiting has been kind of just. You know, by word of mouth, you yeah. know, people reaching out to people, people reaching out to their friends, telling their buddies what they're doing and how they're doing it. And today, we're... we're well, nobody's going to Google Fob Razor, right? I mean, and that'd be pretty rare for some, I don't think anyway. I mean, somebody's got to hear about it before they're going to actually go and then participate in Fob Razor. Right. I yeah. mean, you know, you would have to... Google like veteran-led peer support or something. And I think you know? you'd have to be coerced to do. That. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I can't imagine that's gonna happen. Somebody just saying, "Hey, this is what I need to do." Right. It'd be more like, "Hey, you need to. You need to go see these folks. You need to see uh, the folks at Fob Razor. They're gonna help you. Go, go do that." And they're like, oh, "Okay, yeah." Yeah, and that's why at every single Fob Razor meeting I lead. I tell them at the end of the meeting, I said, check on check on other veterans in Fob Razor. But every week, 
you need to check on a veteran that's not in Fabres or check on somebody that you haven't talked to in 10 years. You may end up just lying and joking about your past and making up war stories like we normally do, but you may end up saving somebody's life. Yeah, that's huge. And it's actually- You have no idea. And it's it's worked. We've uh, had people that that do, most of our vets do it. They call somebody they haven't talked to in 10, 15, 20 years, a vet that-, that well, If you told me to do something, I'm pretty sure that I would follow your orders. Well, that's- <laughs> That's the beauty of Fob Razor, you know, when I, uh, all I ever wanted to be my entire life was a gunnery sergeant of Marines. Yeah. And today at Fob Razor, I'm still a gunnery sergeant. I'm just a gunnery sergeant of veterans, period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, st- I have, I have the troops and yeah. I have the, I have, I have generals on my team. I have majors and lieutenant colonels on my team, but I'm the gunny. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and you are changing the game i mean you are a huge game changer and making a big difference and i just can't thank you enough for everything that you're doing oh it's my pleasure brother so your son is in the marines now oh yeah uh jeffrey brian shalansky jr is a lance corporal in the united states marine corps now despite everything i tried to lead him towards he ended up going in the marine corps anyway okay so tell us from your perspective are there any differences between when you were in the Marines and now your son? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, the curse, you know, let me, let me start out by saying that I'm an infantry Marine. Um, that's what I do. That's what I did. I would, not choose, I would have not have changed it for anything. I never left the infantry. I, I stayed in the infantry for all 21 years of my time in the Corps. My son is not infantry. And that's because I didn't want him to be. He wanted okay. to be just like his dad. He wanted to follow in my footsteps exactly. And I, 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 I made him talk to Marines uh-huh. that were not infantry Marines and explain, have them explain their MOSs, military operations specialty. Yep. yep. And uh, I had a buddy that talked him into becoming um, a logistics bubba. And so he went with logistics, and I'm very grateful. Okay. I'm very grateful that he did. So Be- describe for us what that means. Well, he does like stuff like he makes sure that all the gear that a unit has, that it's all operational, that it's all, you know, that it's being checked regularly yep. and it's yep. prepared, and that it can be embarked and debarked when in times of war and stuff like that. So if if somebody is looking for their uh, equipment or supplies and they're they can't find them it's his fault well yeah it's more like if if he if you go to a certain section or commodity like trucks if you go to the truck guy and say hey where's 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 all your trucks well they're they're all over here but they're broken well my roster says you got 10 trucks that are not broken that's his fault ah uh, gotcha okay. so now, this young man is, is way smarter than I ever was. And uh, he... It's great to have kids that are smarter than we are. Oh, yeah. Because they're <laughs> going to be taking care of us one day. But uh, I, I hope they will. Yeah, let's, let's hope anyway. But uh, he, he doesn't go to the field. You know, he doesn't... He's off of work by like 4.30, 5 o'clock every day. Doesn't work weekends. Um, I think he's, he's actually been in the field... In the field, quote, quote, 
once in the last two years that he's been in the Marine Corps. And I said, he called me from the field, yeah. which is unheard of in my world, man. You, you bust out your phone. Somebody's going to give you a throat <laughs> chop for that trash. But he calls me from the field and he's like, yeah. We're you sleeping. say like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing? You can't he'd go, man, dad, I'll send you some pictures. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. But so, the, so things have changed a bit. They have certainly changed a bit. The kid is. But he's loving it. He that's awesome. It, you know, everybody. You get old school Marines. The Marine Corps in my day. Well, I hated my first four years in the Marine Corps. Absolutely despised everything about the Marine Corps in my first four years. I just knew that there was something up the road if I stuck around. He's Did you too, hate it because you were rebellious? Or? No, I hated it because it sucks being the entry level bubba you know what i'm saying you got to pay your dues yeah somebody's got to burn the crappers yeah you know somebody's got to stand the watch at zero two um it sucked but he loves it he loves everything awesome. about it and that tells me that you know despite what the old school marines say i've got a 22 year old son that's been in the marine corps for two years and he's loving it he's a you know there's something going on. Yeah. Something's going in the right direction. Yeah. And granted, he he knows that he's got to pay his dues, and he knows that there's brighter stuff ahead, and he also knows how to talk to people of rank because he's had people of rank at his house his entire life. So yeah. he's got some advantages. He calls me his cheat code. His what? His cheat code. Okay. I'm his cheat code. He, he, tell, he calls me and says, Dad, i got to talk to this captain about this, this, and this because he's screwing up this and this. How should I go yeah. about it? Oh, tactically, he's telling this and this and this and this. And okay. And then he comes back and he'll call me. He's like, that worked great, dad. That worked fantastic. Thanks. Awesome. Got gotcha, you, bro. Yeah, that is, that's good. You got to be so proud of him. Oh, huge. Uh, we're, he came home on leave uh, two weeks ago. And uh, when he was leaving, I, I, I actually had a tear in my eye. And I told him, I said, yeah. man, I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so proud that's of the great. man he became. Awesome. Well, please thank him for his service as well. I certainly will. So do you feel that we are, as a country, um, in a good position now with our military? You know, just seeing what, and it's sort of a loaded question, I know, because, you know, you're, you're I'd say, old school maybe, but do you think that we're still, you know, on top as far as the world leader in in armed services and protection of our country? Our military men and women are the best in the world. Our military men and women are prepared to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy just like they always have been. Yep. And they're going to be flexible, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna maneuver in, ba- in way at the small unit leader, leader level mm-hmm. just like they always have. So... Quality of soldier, if you will, top-notch as always. I believe, as an old-school Marine, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I joined in 93. Um, I believe that that our troops, our junior enlisted, our junior officers, Mm -hmm. and our senior, or our our gunnies, our, our first sergeants and below, I think they're all, they're all doing a fantastic. We're in good hands. Yes, absolutely. Good. I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, I, I firmly believe it. Um, I will be the first to say that some that the people in charge of our military 
Um, I thought there was going to be another side of the story. Yeah. Um, the people that are in charge of our military, um, I think we need more of those that have served. I think we need more of those that understand what it's like that what it's like to be on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, it hurts. It still hurts to think about the way Afghanistan was left. Oh. It still it still hurts to think about the everything we did in Iraq and just to walk away from it and you know, generations ago, that would have never happened. We took Okinawa. We still have a base in Okinawa. Mm-hmm. We kicked the snot out of Germany. We still have bases in Germany. Mm-hmm. They're our friends, but mm-hmm. we ain't leaving. Right. Um, not only did we leave Afghanistan, we left a lot of military assets behind. We left a ton of assets, and we left a lot of folks that that we promised. Promised them. We'd help them. We promised them if they helped us on the battlefield, we'd be there for them. Yeah. And I, I, I Huge tru- black eye for this country. I truly that believe that if we had more men and women at the upper echelon level of, of, of our political, you know, political machine, we wouldn't be making those mistakes. Yeah. And so I'm very, I'm very hopeful. That's not a do-over. You can't go back and change that. And you know what? That's something that the entire world saw. And um, they did. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful that with the the new breed of military folks that are getting out, um, that more of them will turn towards the political side because I certainly ain't. Yeah. But I would like to see some some others do it. Right. And uh, it would be nice to have some folks at the top in the near future that that have been on the battlefield. Yeah, and I can I can certainly understand that, and that's why I think it's so important for you know dumb guys like me who have not been in the military, but we need to support to the greatest extent possible people like you who have and your son because it's what you've done. And what your son's doing, um, it gives us the right to live free, you know? And that cannot be, I mean, I get really worked up about it because you, we, can't, we can't take it for granted. And I think we do. In this country, we totally take that for granted. We get up every morning, get to do whatever we want. Well, why do we get to do that? Well, because we live in a free country and we have unbelievable military that protect us. Even when we don't, people go out and bash them, still protect us. And we don't do enough for, we don't do enough for you guys. Well, I appreciate that. I do, I'd like to look at it, the glass a little bit more half full. And I like to think that there's a lot of folks that think and act and walk and talk just like you do. Um, I think just in this day and age, the crap rises to the surface and <laughs> the, 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 the one percent gets the uh, gets all the publicity and gets to scream and yell about how, what's wrong and how it's wrong, and then the ninety nine percent just sit there and sort of shut up and take it for the most part. That's because true. it doesn't it doesn't make doesn't make news to hear that everybody yeah. in America 
right is on the same page and and marching to the same beat of the same drum that's not that's not newsworthy no no and to that point not always healthy to watch the news haven't watched it in a minute now man <laughs> i had to give it up for the new year's resolution that's probably not a bad resolution <laughs> yeah. all right so let's have some fun now jeff shalansky has just been elected president of the united states uh what are the first three to do's on your list President Shalansky. President Shalansky, the first thing, and I, I can make this the first, second, and third quite easily, is to protect, to ensure the protection of the Constitution. I am so sick and tired of people mentioning or or implying that it should be changed, that it well, was. you know, it was written a couple hundred years ago. Times were different. You know, don't you think we need to update it a little bit? Negative. That thing <laughs> is was written for a couple hundred years ago, and it's written for 500 years from now. It is, it is what this country is about. And by the way, other countries have copied a lot of our constitution. Yeah, they cut and paste the thing regularly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sick and tired of... of the the idea that what that meant then doesn't mean what it means today. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Everything in that thing is 100% freaking applicable and required of a free nation today. Mm -hmm. And so that would be that would be the first thing I would do. The next thing I would do would be we got to protect this nation. Mm -hmm. Um I, I'm I'm a, I'm a guy who's on the battlefield, so to speak, mm -hmm. for 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 veterans who are dealing with drug abuse, substance abuse, um, and ultimately leads to suicide. You know, with their with their uh, with their post traumatic issues and stuff yeah. like that. And, and this the the nonsense that's coming up from outside of this country into this country and poisoning our American citizens is frightening. It's absolutely frightening. And I believe that we need to protect this nation. This nation needs to be protected now more than ever from fentanyl and everything, all the other nonsense that's coming through. Yeah. Um, because you got to think if, if, if they're able to get all the fentanyl and all the other nonsense that's coming over here, What's keeping them? From, what's keeping them from getting people into this country that don't want to be here or that want oh, to cause damage to our nation? I think they're already here. I agree. Um, I believe very. By much, the way, there's enough fentanyl in this country now to kill every single citizen. Absolutely, and you know we see it on a regular basis. I, I I'm in a I'm in a um, um, a rehab every single Tuesday morning. I, I go to a rehab and I take Bob Razor meetings there, and. Many, many, many of them are in there are addicted and they love and enjoyed fentanyl. And it's, you know, it's one of these things that, you know, this stuff can kill you. Yeah. But it's cheap. It's, it's just, it's frightening. It really is. Um, I have a friend who's, I believe it was his sister, who inadvertently inhaled some I'm going to say like dust from fentanyl tablet ended up in the hospital with heart issues. I mean, fortunately she's alive, 
but all she didn't even know that there was fentanyl in the room it was basically just i think residue left over from somebody who previously had it and wow i mean that's how potent this stuff is there's it's a, crazy an infant in um in florida a toddler who just died last week they went to a uh, an airbnb or whatever the hell it's called and mm-hmm. they rented a, a property at this Air, Airbnb. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the people that stayed in the room before had it. Right. And a, and a child died. That's what insane. a nightmare. Yeah. Absolute nightmare. I believe that stuff like that needs to be a focus of effort. I believe that we need to, we need to, we need to stop this nonsense. The war on drugs as it was from the 80s and 90s, yeah. when, it clearly didn't work. Right. It, it's they've gotten better. <laughs> it's it's helped, and so, and we yeah. know that it's helped. Right. Uh, but there has to be another way of doing this. There has to be a way, and uh, that's what President Shalansky would do. All right, number two. That was number two. How about number three? All right, number three. Uh, number three is man. I want to bring jobs back to the United States. Okay. I want I want us to be independent. I want us to be be back at the top of the top of the pyramid for economics again. And it seems like we were not too long ago, right? Yeah. I want I want jobs back in this country. I want factories back in this country. I want I want to start freaking tapping the ground here for some energy. I that's what to me everybody's happier when they got a job. Everybody's doing better when when there's money to when they have money to spend. Businesses get better. Big you know, progress begins when businesses get better. You you feel when you're fully and gainfully employed, you feel like you're of value. You're value to the organization where you work. You're a value to your family. You're a value to yourself and your community. Makes all the difference in the world. Right. And if you think about it, you know we've got you know you'll somebody's right now is saying, man, there is jobs and people just don't want to work them. Yeah, man, there you're absolutely right. And the problem with it is. Is it's been, it was a bunch of people who didn't have jobs, and they got by anyway, and they went out and had kids, and they, my dad didn't have a job or he worked twenty hours a week. He, my mom didn't do this, but we got by and whatever. So I'm gonna do the same trash. We need to make it so freaking. Get a job, man. You've got to freaking get out there and make yours because living on bare minimum is not the American way. No, no, but you have to be motivated. Right. Right. So how are we going to motivate these folks to want to get out and get those good jobs and add to our economy? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not an easy question. Yeah. It's not an easy question to answer, but I'll tell you what, when Tommy's freaking out there, when my son and my daughter are out there busting their chops and they've got the things that they want in life and the people that don't, and they're driving past the people at the freaking bus stop because they ain't got a car. That's got to be, if that won't motivate you, I don't know what will. Yeah. And we just got to keep keep going with that and keep keep people incentivized to get out and add to the economy, add to their community, because in the end, their life will be better. You know, and sometimes, you know, today's world, it's like, what are you going to do for me in the next five seconds? Exactly. Uh, okay, Instant well, gratification is the... It is absolutely the downfall of us at this point. Everything has to be instant gratification. We totally lose sight of the big picture and the, and the long term and what 
benefits will we will receive in the long term from doing something today, right now? Examples. Perfect example. How many people out there in the work that are working, that have a job, are not preparing for their financial future? You know what I mean? They're just doing what they need to do today. And punch in, punch out, go home, watch TV. Paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> right. And, and and I'm grateful for those people working. Yes. And if they're happy, great. But make sure that you're doing more to contribute to your family, to your long-term future. You know, keep that job and keep going after more. You exactly. Know? Stay motivated. Yes, sir. I agree. President Shalansky, is there p- politics in your future? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I just wanted to make that clear. Not in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Um, there's only two rules at Fob Razor. One is that you don't interrupt somebody else's share, and the other is we won't talk about politics because I can't stand them. No yeah. way in hell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I completely understand where you're coming <laughs> from, but I like the first three tasks on your list if you were president. Yeah, whoever's running you know, next time around, write that trash down. It's important. <laughs> it is important. So in the spirit of Game Changers, uh, who has been, for you in your life, the biggest influence? Who has made the biggest difference in your life? Well, I'm going to talk about one of my people, man. Um, One of my guys at Fob Razor. His name is Amos. And Amos is, uh, he's an operator. Mm -hmm. He spent time in the Corps. He was an operator. And uh, he did a lot of cool stuff, both for the Marine Corps and afterwards he got out and uh, mm-hmm. and he did the government thing for a while. And so was he a contractor after he got out? Is he was what? for okay. a little while. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. made some, you know, did some stuff, had you know stuff to be proud of. But uh, he came to Fob Razor um, about two and a half years ago. Okay. And uh, he was he came he was one of the first people that came in off the street to Fob Razor. And uh, Amos was was just like me at the beginning of of my journey. He was beat up. He was worn out. And he was thinking about checking out. And Amos went through the trials and tribulations that we do early in recovery. It's it's really, it you know, I tell my guys all the time, it's going to get better before, or it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. Because we got to face our past. We've got to deal with all the stuff that we've been, that we've been, putting off and, and, and trying to forget about it's going to come up, it's going to bubble up. And it did for him. And he, he went from pretty much not having a place to stay and, you know, for essentially being homeless to this, this gentleman in two and a half years has, has not only been a made a massive asset to fob razor, mm-hmm. but he ended in two, from two and a half years of, Dang near freaking, or actually being homeless to now he runs a sober living facility for veterans up in Huntsville. And Amos is an absolute, an amazing story. And he is, he is what Fob Razor was, was we hope for, for everybody at Fob Razor. You know, the only thing we ask at Fob Razor is that, you, when you're able to, try to pull the next guy up. Yeah. And he's he's pulling him up at the at the squad level. 
He uh, he's down there in the trenches. He's he's out there looking for veterans that need help. He's out there looking for homeless veterans who are out there on the street and need need places to stay and need to get clean and sober. And he makes arrangements for them to go to rehab and he picks them up from rehab and he brings them back to his sober living place so that they can start their lives over. And he has a structure in place to help them, to help the ones that want to be helped, the ones that want to help themselves, because we know that's an issue. But he's he's helping them help themselves, and wow. he's he's launching people back out into the world. That after the help he provides, the help they can get at Fob Razor, that they're out there and they're 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 being productive citizens. Mm-hmm. But they're they're also out there looking to pull the next guy up. And Amos is somebody that that I'm extremely proud and honored to call my brother. Um, I was at a meeting yesterday with him, and I, I told him in front of a room of about 30 people, I said, you know, we don't share the same blood. We're, our DNA is nothing comparable, yeah. so, but he is my brother, yeah. and I'm very honored to call him my brother. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like Amos is definitely a game changer. Oh, Amos is a huge game changer. Matter of fact... I would love to hear him on this show one time because I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, he's uh he's an amazing human being. We gotta get in touch with Amos. Yeah, I I'll definitely do that for you. Cool. Thank you. Well that is a great, great story and I look forward to to meeting Amos. Yeah. Um in your opinion, uh what do you think it takes to be a game changer? For me, the first thing it took was experience. Um, I had to take an experience that that I I had to I had to have the experiences I had in my life. I had to be at a rock bottom in order to to rise from the ashes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then it had to be instilled into me that the only way for me to keep what I have, the only way for me to 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 stay where I am at in this planet is to strive for more mm-hmm. and to be of service. If without being of service to others, I will forget exactly what got me to my rock bottom to begin with. Mm-hmm. If I don't be of service, if I don't sit there and try to, and being of service is, is not, you know, it's not opening up a fob razor. It's not necessarily, it doesn't mean you got to go out and, open up a veteran, help other people in any way possible. And, uh, you know, we tell people all the time, you know, the new guy in the room is being of service because he's reminding all of us exactly what it's like out there in the real world without people on our left and right flank to go out into the world with us. Right, right. Now, it's being a game changer, I think, is uh, something that we all should strive for. And having that service mentality is definitely a big part of it. And it's interesting to me in our society, we see that there's so much uh, pressure to be served. Yeah. Meaning, you know, I'm not going to do anything for you. You know, you're supposed to do something for me. And that is not what gets us to move ahead as a country, really. So service is so, so important. So every every episode, I always have a I always bring up a game changer that I feel has been really instrumental in making a difference in our world and and so this week 
on this episode, you are my game changer. Hey, hey, hey. So, you know, you have, what you've done for the community and what you're continuing to do is just amazing. And I sit here in awe thinking what you've been through and what you've done for the country, what you're doing for your family, what you're doing for veterans now. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for being the game changer that you are. Thank you. And I, I just like to say, you know, for the veterans and first responders out there, 22 of us a day are killing ourselves. 22 veterans a day are killing themselves. Now, that number is probably a little higher than what, you know, what's out there. But 22 vets a day are killing themselves. Having said that, the military, the Marine Corps never sent me to go win a war by myself. They never sent me to Iraq and told me, Gunny, go win the war all by yourself. Nobody said, Gunny, you are the next Rambo. Go to Afghanistan and freaking and, and win this war for us. Whenever I went anywhere in this in this world as a military fighting man, I went with platoons, teams, companies, battalions of people. I was surrounded by the best of the best. And I went forward and did what I needed to do. And we did what we needed to do. I never did anything by myself. Today, or six years ago, actually, I was fighting an enemy that killed 22 of us a day. And I tried to do it by myself. And I damn near, I came a pound and a half a trigger pull away from, from, from losing that fight. So I say that to say this, that you don't have to fight this fight alone. And quite honestly, we need you to help us fight this fight, if not for you, for somebody else. So it's really important that I say, if, if you need help, get help whether it's Fob Razor or somewhere else, get help. And if, you, if you've been through the, 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 tr- the, the trauma, if you've been through the, the crap and you're on the other side of it, don't forget about your brother that needs to be pulled up. Don't forget about the guy who needs to be grabbed by the back of his collar and dragged to cover and provided first aid for because there's a lot of them out there. So thanks, yeah, Jeff. Nobody could say it any better. That was, that was perfectly said. Thank you. So how do, get, how do people learn about Fob Razor and get in touch with you? Oh, man. Fob Razor, and it's Fob Razor, F-O-B. Razor is spelled with an S. It's not a Z. It's an S. It's somebody's last name, R-A-S-O-R dot org. Um, you know, I can be reached at gunny at fobrazor dot org. And my phone number is everywhere, but I'll get my phone number is I will answer my phone at zero three in the morning for a total stranger because I want to be somebody that can help in that when the demons are at your door. So if anybody needs my phone number or wants my phone number, it's 281-573-7250. And, you know, all I ask of my veterans is give me a chance. Give me a chance. If I can't help you, I will try to find somebody else. But give me a chance um, before you do something that 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 everybody that you know and love and ever cared about resent uh, uh, has to 
has to deal with for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Perfectly said. Thank you so much for coming on. And I know you're going to be on again. Can't wait to hear about all the progress Fabraisers made and uh, is continuing to make in our community and everything that you're doing. So thanks again. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Game Changers with Jeff Newkirk. Uh, check out my, my website, gamechangerswithjeff.com. Leave a comment. I really want to hear from you. That's going to help me make this podcast even better. Although with people like Jeff Shalansky coming on, it's hard to hard to see how that can be improved because you're a top-notch guy, great guest. Thank you for being here again. Thank you, sir. Today was a great day. Tomorrow's going to be even better. Peace, everyone.